Hello out there, science nerds. You're listening to Evolving with Mr. V, a weekly podcast that covers the week that was in AP dual credit biology and much more. I am your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, and this is officially episode seven, week seven of the 2019-2020 school year. In this week's podcast, we will recap the week of September 30th through October 4th in AP Dual Credit Biology and look forward to the coming week as well. Spoilers, quiz over cells on Thursday and a new activity I'm trying this year, cell organelle speed dating also dropping this week. In this week's second segment, I'll go through a quick rundown of biology in the news, highlighting the biggest biology stories happening in the world today. And in our final segment, we will go back into Mr. V's deep inner thoughts, where I'll share with you my top five sci-fi movies of all time. Hmm, I wonder if Star Wars will make the list. (laughs) Yeah. Now, before we begin our podcast, we need to hear from our sponsor in a segment I call Mr. V Sells Out. Sells out to get those dollar dollar bills, y'all, to purchase red pens. Red pens to mark up them FRQs. And I'm going to need a whole bunch of them. This week's episode is brought to you by Lab Safety Goggles. Working on a science lab? Worried about getting acid in your eyes? Maybe your partner splashing some toxic chemicals to your face? Or maybe even worried about a piece of scalpel going into your eye? Well, worry no more. With lab safety goggles, they'll protect your eyes like the Johnson offensive line protects their quarterback. Lab safety goggles will protect your eyes from all dangerous projectiles like acids, toxic chemicals, glass, sharp objects, and even shade thrown by Mr. V himself. So next time you're doing any science lab, reach for lab safety goggles. They'll have an eye out for your protection. And we're back and ready to jump into our Quinjet and launch ourselves back in time, all the way back to Monday. Monday was lab day with our organic ID investigation running the standard. Students with their proper lab safety equipment performed macromolecule indicator tests on a simple sugar, a complex carb, a protein, and a lipid to set up their standard. Students used Benedict's reagent to test for simple sugars, looking for a beautiful burnt orange change of color when added to their simple sugar solution, but only after it was heated for about three minutes. Students also use IKI reagent or iodine indicator to test for complex carbohydrates, looking for a dark purple, dark blue change of color when added to their starch solution. Students also use Burette's reagent to test for proteins, amino acids, looking for a violet-purple color change when added to their protein solution. And finally, students use the brown paper bag material to test for lipids, where students rubbed some canola oil on a piece of brown paper bag and saw a translucent area appear. Students recorded their results for each macromolecule test, and took a photo of their standard to use as comparative data for Tuesday's organic ID investigation, The Unknown. And this ended our Monday class. 
On to Tuesday. Tuesday was a continuation of our organic ID investigation, but this time, no standard. Students were given an unknown macromolecule solution. Students worked as a team to determine what macromolecules were in their unknown by running all the indicator tests. Students were able to compare the results to their standard they obtained on Monday's lab to verify the macromolecules present in their unknown. And now that the lab has been completed and turned in, I could reveal what the unknowns were. Unknown number one was a simple sugar and protein. Unknown number two was sugar and starch. And unknown number three was protein and starch. And just walking around during this lab, I think most groups nailed the results. I do want to give a huge shout out to all periods. Not a single test tube was broken during the organic ID investigation. So once again, great safety and congrats. After students completed their lab and cleaned up their lab space, they worked on completing the investigation till the end of the period. And that brings us to an end of our Tuesday. Up next is our Wednesday, Free Response Day. We started our Wednesday by having a recap discussion of our organic ID investigation. We discussed some of the questions on the lab to ensure we were all on the right page when it comes to what macromolecules make up certain substances. Students put finishing touches on their lab and then turned them in into their appropriate period box. Next, we prepared for the FRQ portion of our carbon and macromolecule exam. Students had 18 minutes to answer one long free response and one short answer question. I hope you guys were able to check out the hints on Enmodo to help you be as successful as possible on this FRQ. And the end of the FRQ also brought us an end to our Wednesday. Next up, our Thursday. And Thursday was exam day, the multiple choice part of the carbon and macromolecule exam. Students had the entire period to complete the exam that consisted of 50 multiple choice questions. Time did not seem to be an issue as most students completed the exam before the end of the period. And that was our Thursday. Hey, on a side note, Thursday was also my birthday. Now you might be wondering, well, how old is Mr. V? Well, as a student actually mentioned it on Friday, Mr. V, I don't want to offend you, but you look pretty old. Well, I am pretty old. This just in from our news headquarters. Any student who missed the FRQ or exam have limited time to make them up. Students have Monday morning, Monday after school, or Tuesday morning. Students could also possibly arrange a different time after a meeting with Mr. V. And we're back. And finally, Friday arrives. We started our Friday by first returning the macromolecule CER assignment, an assignment you guys crushed. And hopefully you filed it away in your neatly organized binder and not your backpack of chaos. Next, we started our journey into our next unit cells. Now, not the type of cells some of you might spend some time in due to your poor decisions you might make, but living cells, the basic unit of life. Students first showed off their prior knowledge of cells with a bubble thinking map and a challenge of labeling an animal cell with the proper organelles and description of their functions. And well, color me impressed, you guys remember your cells. 
We also watched a short video called The Inner Life of the Cell by Biovisions at Harvard University, available on YouTube, showing the happenings of a cell from the cell membrane, cytoskeleton, nucleus, vacuoles, Golgi complex, to the processes of protein synthesis and exocytosis, all being demonstrated with awesome special effects, computer simulations, and a beast instrumental score, an excellent preview of the journey we're about to embark on when it comes to cells. After the video, we started our notes over cells, first discussing the tools we use to study cells, microscopes. And there are two types of microscopes used to study cells, light microscopes and electron microscopes. The microscopes we use in the classroom are light microscopes, which uses light and lenses to magnify objects or specimens for study. Now, when looking for light microscopes, you always want microscopes that give you good magnification, good resolution, how clear that image is, and good contrast, the differences in light and darkness in the image or how sharp that image is going to be. So if you're ever in the market for a microscope and see one advertised at a low price promising magnification over a thousand X, be careful. It probably will have very poor resolution because as you increase magnification, you decrease resolution. Our microscopes that we're going to be using, well, they do a good job of balancing good magnification up to a thousand X with good resolution and contrast. Now, on a side note, I do find it a little sad every year more and more students don't have experience using a microscope. I love microscopes. These are essential tools for studying life, and we will be using them throughout the entire year to study all types of cells. I can remember when I got my first microscope when I was about eight. Got it from Santa himself. Yeah, he's real. And yeah, he's into science. And here's another little factoid showing how geeky I am about microscopes. My favorite transformer after the great Optimus Prime is a transformer named Preceptor, a robot that transforms into a microscope. That's right, science. Well, let's get back to our notes where we explored the two types of cells that make up life, prokaryotic and eukaryotic cells. The biggest difference between these two cells is the nucleus, with eukaryotic cells containing a nucleus, which holds their DNA, and prokaryotics not having a nucleus. Their DNA just floats around the cytoplasm in a region called the nucleoid. Other differences are that eukaryotic cells contain membrane-bound organelles like mitochondria, ER, Golgi complex, chloroplasts, etc., while prokaryotic cells do not. They do not contain any membrane-bound organelles. Actually, they only contain one organelle that does not have a membrane, which is the ribosome. Eukaryotic cells are also quite larger than prokaryotic cells, and the kingdoms of life they make up differ, where prokaryotic cells make up kingdoms bacteria and kingdom archaeobacteria, while eukaryotic cells make up kingdoms animalia, kingdom plantae, fungi, and kingdom protista. Next, we started to describe the organelles found in the cell, and we started with the organelles that have something to do with building proteins. So let's do a quick review of the organelles we discussed. First, the nucleus, only found in eukaryotic cells, 
and it is the brains of the cell, the control center of the cell, enclosing the DNA which is packaged into chromosomes by the nuclear membrane or nuclear envelope, a phospholipid bilayer, and given its shape by the nuclear lamina, like a skeleton of the nucleus that gives it its spherical shape. Second, the nucleolus, found inside the nucleus producing rRNA, which folds into ribosomes after leaving the nucleus via the pores in the nuclear membrane or nuclear envelope. Now, this organelle is only visible when the cell is not dividing, also only found in eukaryotic cells. Third, the ribosome found in both prokaryotic and eukaryotic cells, and these are the protein factories of the cell, synthesizing huge amounts of proteins for the cell. They could be found free-floating in the cytoplasm or bounded to the ER, the endoplasmic reticulum. Fourth, the ER, the endoplasmic reticulum, the transportation system of the cell, a network of membrane tubes connected to the nuclear envelope and stretching throughout the entire cytoplasm and connecting sometimes to the cell membrane. Now, the ER is only found in eukaryotic cells. Now, there are two types of ER, rough ER, ER with ribosomes attached, and while it transports materials for the cell, rough ER also produces proteins into the ER, which end up being secreted outside the cell. The other type of ER is smooth ER, and while it also helps transport materials for the cell, it can also synthesize lipids, metabolize carbohydrates, and even detoxify the cell of drugs and toxins that enter. Cough, cough. Stop making your smooth ER work overtime. Stop doing them drugs. Drugs are bad. Next, we discuss transport vesicles, membrane bubbles that transport proteins from one part of the cell to another, usually pinching off the ER and fusing with our next organelle, the Golgi complex. Our final organelle dealing with protein production is the Golgi complex or Golgi apparatus, the protein packaging plant of the cell, sort of like a UPS center where they receive the protein from the cis receiving face membrane of the Golgi, the Golgi being like a stack of pancakes but membranes instead of pancakes. The protein travels through the membranes, getting modified, folded, packaged, and then leaves the Golgi through the transphase, the shipping phase membrane of the Golgi. So to recap our protein assembly line, we have the nucleus, nucleolus, ribosome, ER, transport vesicle, and the Golgi apparatus. And that, my science nerds, was the week in AP dual credit biology. And now for our next segment, Biology in the News. These are some of the biggest biology headlines in the world today. Our first headline, a recent study shows that people eat more when dining with friends and family than when dining alone, a possible throwback to our early ancestors' approach to survival in the wild. I know that when my family gets together in Laredo, we feast like kings and queens. Another headline this week, Engineered viruses could fight drug resistance. Researchers at MIT can program bacteriophages, viruses, to kill different strains of E. coli by making mutations in the protein that the virus uses to bind to host cells. These engineered viruses are less likely to provoke resistance in bacteria and could help to overcome antibiotic resistance. We'll get into bacteriophages and viruses later this year, so we'll definitely come back to this story, this research, in more depth during our Bacteria and Viruses Unit. And these are just some of the headlines in biology this week. 
For more information about these stories, check the description of the podcast for links to these research articles. Now to our final segment, a journey into Mr. V's inner thoughts. This week, I share my top five science fiction sci-fi movies. Now, I'm going to restrict my list to movies that take place mostly in outer space or have alien life as their main theme. I will also only allow one Star Wars movie and not include any comic book movies. I consider those in a separate genre themselves. So sadly, no Marvel movies. First, some honorable mentions, some great sci-fi movies that just couldn't crack my top five, like The Fifth Element, a highly underrated movie starring Bruce Willis, Chris Tucker, Gary Oldman, great visuals, and great soundtrack. Another honorable mention, Star Trek 2009, starring Chris Pine, great version of Star Trek, and Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah, a little cheat adding it to the honorable mention, but a great war movie in the Star Wars universe, and an epic ending scene. Now, coming in at number five in my sci-fi top movies is a little-known movie and highly underrated movie called Stargate, starring Kurt Russell, a very young Kurt Russell, and James Spader. This is a movie of an interstellar teleportation device found in Egypt, leads to a planet with humans resembling ancient Egyptians who worship the god Ra, which is really an alien in disguise. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and give it a watch. I think you'll find it worth your time. Coming in at number four is one of the funniest movies, a parody of Star Trek movies, a gem called Galaxy Quest, starring numerous stars like Tim Allen, Sigourney Reaver, Alan Rickman, rest in peace, Tony Shalhoub, Sam Rockwell, just to mention a few, where they play the cast of a space opera TV show having to now play their roles as the real thing when an alien race needs their help. So give this a watch if you want great laughs with great sci-fi. At number three, we have Interstellar. I love this movie. Whenever it's being shown on TV, I just pretty much have to stop what I'm doing and watch it. It stars UT alum and now professor Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, where a team of explorers travel through a wormhole in space in an attempt to ensure humanity's survival. The score and visuals are amazing, and it's also an emotional roller coaster of stressful events to save not just humanity, but the fabric of of his family at home. Coming in at number two is Aliens, starring Sigourney Reaver. Wow, two movies in my top five with Sigourney Reaver. This movie is a perfect combination of sci-fi, horror, comedy, and suspense. Sigourney Reaver plays Ellen Ripley. After being asleep for 57 years, she travels with a military team to visit a colonized moon that has lost contact with Earth. And once they arrive, game over, man. Game over. It has one of the most epic ending fights in movie history. And coming in at number one, could there even be a question? Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back, the perfect Star Wars movie. From that opening battle of Hoth with At-At Imperial Walkers 
to the introduction of Yoda and one of my favorite lines of all time in Star Wars movies when Luke is trying to lift the X-Wing starfighter from the swamp with the Force but fails and then tells Yoda it's impossible but then Yoda proceeds to lift it out of the swamp and Luke looks in disbelief and tells Yoda I can't believe it and Yoda just says and that is why you fail. Another memorable scene is the scene of Han Solo getting frozen in carbonite. And just before he freezes, Princess Leia tells him, I love you. And then being the coolest guy ever, he just looks right back at her and says, I know. So cool. To the final reveal of Darth Vader being Luke's father. Just a perfect sci-fi movie and definitely worthy of my top spot. Well... That brings us to an end of Episode 7, Week 7 of Evolving with Mr. V. I hope you found this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. A couple of reminders for the coming week. Quiz on Thursday over cells. And don't forget, early release on Friday. Your Easter egg for the quiz? Know your organelles, their functions, and what they look like in the cell. Be able to label these structures in the cell. And hey, it wouldn't hurt to remember my top five sci-fi movies. I want to thank Free Music Archive and Sound Bible for the music and sound effects in the podcast. This podcast was written, produced, and directed by Velasquez Productions. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast on your podcast listening platform. Well, this is your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, signing off and reminding you to please, please, for your professor's sake, read chapter six from your online textbook, Mastering Biology. G.com. At the next motel, found ourselves in the woodwork. Getting shady in the trees. For I lumbered my way through your private acres. I built me some stilts so I could see.